Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. All right. Well, this is uh, this is a treat. Uh, today we have on Habits and Hustle uh, Michael Bexwith. He is uh, a very renowned spiritual teacher, and he's one of the OGs, really. You've been <laughs> you've been doing this before, you know. It became cool and right. popular, and he is the founder of Agape International Spiritual, spiritual Center, Center, right? Yeah. And some of you know him, or wouldn't maybe know him because. He was very much um, affiliated with Oprah Winfrey. You've been like part of her soul program. Super Soul 100 and Super Soul Sunday. Super Soul Sunday, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you because you used to have these long, long locks of hair. Were they right. really, like dreads kind of? Well, they were locks, yeah. yeah. They were down to my back, actually. Right. Right down here. Yeah. Oh, wow, yes. And 16 like, years. You've had them for that long. Yeah. So like, that's what I, I like your, what you looked like visually was so like, it was so unique that I remembered you when I was, I must have been like what 14, 15 years old, and you were on you were on Oprah like I think a bunch of times. Yeah. I felt like back then, right? Yeah. And then um, the secret. You're also very known from the secret. So did you create the law of attraction? Was that your particular no, no, piece? Law, no, no. The law of attraction is a is a law. It's a law. No one created it. I thought the secret was kind of what made it famous, though. The yeah. The secret brought it to the masses. Oh, okay. But it had been taught for years. You know, it, it, oh. it was a metaphysical principle. And so your role, because they had a, a few experts who kind of came on, it right. came in the book, and they were very, they had their own kind of like, their, their whole like yes. lane, so to speak. Right. What was your lane in the, in the secret? I, I, my lane was more the, the spiritual take of it. It was more uh, getting into the feeling right. of your essential self and the feeling of your connectedness, and then, then your personal law would change. And then things would manifest easier. So it was more, it was not as much um, materialistic as right. it was, let's look inside and see who we are and begin to develop that. Is that what kind of kind of brought you more to the masses back then? Because the secret became like such a huge success, yeah. right? Yeah. And how, so let's, let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you even get down this road of being a spiritual <laughs> leader or a teacher, whatever you want, a guru, whatever the word of the day is, right? Well, actually... Many, many years ago, yeah. um, I was attending USC as a psychobiology major. I was on a track to go to med school. And I began to have a series of inner experiences that at the time I labeled pathological because I was seeing visions, I was leaving my body a lot, mm. traveling, hearing voices, was being guided. I didn't tell anybody because I thought I was going crazy. Wow. And so the first thing I did was stop smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this has got to be the weed. Right. You just, I would imagine that yeah. would, that's what and I would so, think. But it, so the experiences intensified. And it culminated with, um, every night I'd have the same dream in which these three men were chasing me. But I'd always wake up in time before they would catch me. Then one day, I'm, I'm lucid in the dream. I'm awake in the dream. And then one day I said, these guys can't hurt me. I look around and there's a small tent and there's thousands of people trying to get into this small tent, but I, but I knew every single person in line. So I said, they can't hurt me, my friends are with me. So one by one, everyone turned their back on me. Two of the men held me down and one plunged a knife into my heart. The pain was excruciating physically and emotionally and I screamed and I, and I died. When I woke up, I could see that we were surrounded by this presence of what I named love beauty. I didn't use the word God because I was kind of atheistic at the time. Mm -hmm. And so this, I could see everything was glittering and shining with this luminosity and the beauty was immense and the love was so profound. And so I had to go on a search to discover what had happened to me. And then that bumped me back into meditation and bumped me into the perennial religion as taught by all of the spiritual teachers. And I realized something was happening to me. And then my, so the, my course of life changed from where I thought I was going to actually deeper exploration into our spiritual nature. And then uh, one day uh, my mother took me to this metaphysical church. And I said, Mom, I'm not going to no church. I, don't need, I can just go direct. I don't need all that. And she said, just come with me. So I go in. And this guy, Dr. Daniel Morgan, is speaking. And he said, heaven and hell aren't merely places, they're states of consciousness. 
And I said, he's right. I said, they're actually saying something real in the church. Wow. And so I sat there and um, I realized that what he was saying metaphysically was what I was experiencing. So I began to study, practice, study, practice, had more and more insights. Um, I lost all my friends. Everybody thought I was crazy. Right, so how old were you? You must have been 18, 19 if you were in I was in my right? early 20s. 20, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so you, you were not like a spiritual person prior to that because you were you were a young kid. I was like more teenager. revolutionary. Right. You know, uh, wanting to change the world by any means necessary. I was a part of the Black uh, Workers Congress, affiliated with the Black Panthers. Uh, you were? Yeah, they, we were all working together. And um, So what did you think that way? So, because okay, you're not, I mean, to my knowledge, you're not crazy, but what, <laughs> that I that I see so far. But so back then, what, you had these like very vi like vivid dreams. Yeah. What did you kind of? Does that mean that you feel like there's some uh, bigger power that's kind of you're like a vessel, so to speak, for like a, a bigger power that you're going to get a message yeah. out? Is we, that yeah, more we, or we, less? We all are. We all. You are. know, we're all. When no I, one's talking to me or giving me any kind well, of. Well, they are. You're you're hearing it in your own way. Maybe, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but maybe maybe it's so suppressed. I don't know. Maybe I need you, your teaching to help me because I haven't felt it yet. But do you feel that there are certain people who just get have that gift where a, a higher power does talk to them or speak with them in some way? Well, I think that everyone has gifts. Everybody's gifts are different. Right. So some people are very sensitive to oh, okay. the invisible or the what we would call the inaudible. Okay. They're very sensitive to it. Um, people can develop it. I don't believe they're special people. But you're more sensitive to it, so to speak. I became very sensitive to it. And then the deepening of my meditation practice made me more available to it. I could have just shut it off. Right. You know, and say, this is, this is crazy. This is nuts. I don't want to be a part of this. But I surrendered to it. I said, okay. You know, I was, uh, you know, we're going to go a little deeper. Um, you know, when I was at SC, I was actually selling weed to help pay for my tuition. Wow. And so that's I got crazy. I know it. I got busted on my last deal. On my last deal, because I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, this is not my destiny. And I won't go into the whole story behind it, but I got busted with hundreds of pounds of marijuana, tremendous with guns and, and um, money. You? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so you were like a you were like a like a drug dealer. Yeah, I was like a big one. Yeah, it was pretty you, big. If you have guns and pounds of weed, yeah. you're not exactly just one of those like you know. No, I wasn't. I, high school it, kids. Well, I started out. off just selling a little bit just for my friends, and then it got big. So I had people working for me in uh, uh, D.C. in national Nash Nashville, uh, L.A. You? Yes. <laughs> so you were like a drug lord. I was pretty. Interesting. How did, but you were so young. How did you even get? To, this is more interesting. How did you even get to that level? Like, how did that started even off small, right? You said that started getting more and more bricks, keys, and then I, it just got bigger and bigger. I was a very entrepreneurial, it's, apparently. And so, so I'm, I'm, I got busted. And um, how many pounds did you get busted? Probably, I had about a hundred keys, about a little over two hundred pounds. And so, were they tracking you, or how did they? Someone thinked uh, on me. Someone told on me. Someone got in trouble and then gave me up. Oh my God. And so I'm sitting there. And so anyway, I've already had this spiritual awakening, okay? And so they told me, the inner voice said, you're gonna walk away free, nothing. There's not gonna be anything that happens to you. So I go to court, I'm in my suit. Last year of USC, the, the police officers came in. They were all shabby and unshaven. And yeah. I was clean, looking good. And the next time we came to court, they were all dressed up. <laughs> yeah, right. But they didn't turn in all the way, they didn't turn in all the guns, they kept some for themselves. But they turned in enough to make a case against me. They kept some for themselves. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I had a German Luger, the hand-carved pearl handle that I was collecting, they kept it. You never got turned into evidence, you know. But this is this is well, so corrupt. That's a whole other podcast. It's a whole another thing. Oh my god, what a corrupt system! I right could there. tell you all the things that happened at that time was all corrupt. When they arrested me in the house, they took me off the street and brought me to the house where the drugs were, and then they said, "Is this yours?" I said, "I don't live here. I don't know what you're talking about." They took me down to the police station, handcuffed uh -huh. me, got a search warrant, then came back and put me in the house and arrested me. <laughs> oh, did you have a lawyer? Who oh, yeah, I had a lawyer, but none of that counted because they it looked like they had followed. Right, like they were, like they were, yeah. like it was, it was systematic. Yeah. But, it, but so I'm sitting in court, 
They told me I was going to walk away free. The inner voice. Yeah. I'm in there. I'm in. I'm in court meditating, just reading books. I don't even care about the case because I already know I'm going to walk. My friend's saying you're going to go to jail. Then the feds want you for the guns. You better leave the country. I said no. I'm going free. So everybody thought I was nuts. Right. So I sit, thought that. I'm sitting in court. My attorney was Harry Weiss. His assistant was Robert Shapiro. Oh, this is this is amazing! What a great story! I wasn't so, expecting this. So I'm sitting so Robert there. Robert Shapiro was his assistant. Yes, oh. he was. Robert Shapiro was a young guy. He was a young attorney, and so we're sitting there, and this police officer that wasn't even on the scene, he was a, a motorcycle cop. He said, "Why did you go to uh, Mr. Beckwith's house?" He said, "Well, we got an informant said that there was a drug deal going down, so we." Got a search warrant. We staked out the house. We saw him bringing the drugs, and then we arrested him. None of that was true, but it didn't matter. So at that time, Robert Shapiro jumps up and he said, "That's hearsay evidence. We demand that the informant come forward and stand before the accused, or we ask that this case be thrown out." So the judge said, brought all the attorneys together and said, "You have three days to produce the informant." So three days later, we show back up court. And the prosecutor says the informant is afraid for his life. He will not show up. And the judge said, "Mr. Beckwith, I have no other、uh, recourse but to set you free. I hope I never see you in my courtroom again." And you got <laughs> off. I walked. I said, "Judge, you will never see me here again." So I went home. There was a, a weather vane going in the direction of the wind. I looked at the weather vane and I said, "God, if this means what I think it means." I want that weather vane to point in my direction, and before I could get the words out of my mouth, the weather vane turned right at me. I just started crying. I just surrendered my life to my new destiny, which was this spiritual path. Wow! And, and then you never looked back. I never looked back. Never got high again. Never, never. drank. One time. One time. When? Yesterday. No. 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 It was about a few years later. My cousins came to visit me, and they were smoking a joint. I didn't really. I hid it just for. Community pleasure. Right, right, right. It brought me down. It、right. made me realize that I was expanded. And when I smoked the, the the marijuana, my consciousness shrunk, and I felt I felt like well, worry and doubt and fitfulness and all stuff that people feel. I said, Oh no, I'm never doing this again. Never, I've never done it again. Oh my God. Okay, so now you're. Oh, wow, that's a great story, actually. Yeah. So that taught me surrender. I actually just surrendered and moved forward. Wow. So then, so how? Okay. So then, whatever. What year was that about? Oof, that was that was probably you know, time. It's in the seventies. So then, how did you start making money from this right away? Because you were making money all from the drugs, right? Yeah. And it's because you had the spiritual awakening. And when I say make money, like how did you make it into an actual career, right? Well, there were steps before right, that. Right. That's what I want to see. Like, I want. I'm、yeah. curious how because you thought every, everyone thought you were nuts, right? Like, yeah. You were just, all my friends left except for one who believed what I was saying, and he came on the path with me. Because also back then, again, like I keep on emphasizing this, it's not like today where you have so many like copycats who are all these. Some quote unquote spiritual leaders、right. who basically are just you know who are basically just cut and pasting from back when when it was when you know other、right. people stuff. But like, how did it become something? Well, and I say that's what, that's what I meant by a career. You know? This is what happened.、Uh, one thing, I was sitting in my living room, and I said, "How am I? How am I going to make a living?" Yeah, that's what I, said. That's what I mean. Like, how are you going? The phone rang. It was this lady named Sheila. And she said, "I found your phone number in our annual in high school, and something in me told me to call you that you could help me." So she would start to share her dark secrets and wanted me to assist her spiritually, and I did. And she would send me donations. So that was the beginning of my path. I saw her a number of months later in a restaurant. She never called me again because she was embarrassed by all the things she had told me.、Oh. But when she spoke to me, it was anonymous, like I'm this other person on the line. But then I realized I had a blocked number. My number's not in any high school annual. Yeah. Too many years ago, so I just figured that was a sign. Yeah, that's the path I'm going to walk in. Right. So anyway, when I went to that、uh, church, they had a path for spiritual practitioner, spiritual therapist. Okay. So I went down that path, and that's what I became. What is that? What does that mean? That means that you're you're, you're trained in affirmative prayer. You're trained in. Looking at people and seeing the beauty and the gifts and the power in them, and help pull it out. 
you can, you can um, help them transcend their patho pathology. So we're trained to do that. So you're kind of trained to find people's intent in life, basically. Yes. Their purpose, their intention, because most people are focused on what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. In regular yeah. therapy, that's right. Yeah, so we focus on what's right with them and then shift the energy. So I, I became a therapist and I saw six to eight people every single day for five, six days a week. Right. I ran, I ran a prayer ministry. I taught at the University of Metaphysics. Uh, and um, not the University of Metaphysics, it was the University of Higher Consciousness, it was Ernest Holmes College. And I eventually went through the school myself, it took me five years to go through a three-year program, wow. because I wasn't interested in graduating. Right, 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 I just, just like, want take taking the classes. the classes, right. And subsequently, um, I was called to start a community. I didn't want to do it. I liked my weekends off. I was doing I was doing I was doing workshops the way people are doing now. Right. I was doing workshops and seminars in my living room. I was seeing people every day. This is like thirty years ago, right? Yes, it's longer than thirty years. It's Agape, 40, yeah. Agape is in its thirty fourth year, so this was like 35, 36, 37, 38, 39 years ago. Wow. Was it, and like back then, how like you obviously took the you became a spiritual therapist. How many people were doing that back then? There were practitioners. But we were one of the first to actually make it a real career. Right. You know, it was, a, and now at Agape, we have a couple of hundred. Right. Because I know when I, so I, you know, basically I met Mike, I met Michael at a place called Rhythmia in Costa Rica uh, a few weeks ago. And you're, are you partners at Rhythmia? Rhythmia is like an ayahuasca retreat, right? Yeah, it's, it's a Our life enhancement. Life enhancement that, that is licensed to do ayahuasca. They right. do the meditation, they do my class, they do the breath work, the massage, the, the food that you ate. Yeah, the food that I ate, exactly. <laughs> the yoga, the yoga, and ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is optional. So ayahuasca is optional, right? So it's basically a life advancement center. Right. And I, but you have like a, par like a partnership. Well, what happened was the founder came to me. Right. But when he was an addict. And right, okay. uh, he was in passages. And every week they would say, do you guys want to go to the mall? Or do you want to go to this place called Agape? He always shows them all. And one day he said, let me see what this agape thing is all about. Right. So he comes in and hears me speak and he starts coming back every week. And then we get the chance to know each other. And I worked with him along with his therapist, Jeff, and I assigned one of my ministers to work with him. And one day he took a boga. Which right, is, a boga, isn't yeah, that stronger it's, than? It's masculine, ayahuasca is feminine and boga is masculine. And he had this big opening. These are psychedelics, by the way, for people yeah, who plants. don't know. Yeah. yeah, these are basically it's plant medicine. Yes, but it's psychedelic, and it's supposed to be very um, helpful. And this is like a whole different podcast. I, right. um, helpful with people who have addiction. Right. Obviously, like uh, the founder that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he was he he was he was a multimillionaire, and he had access to all these drugs. Right. So when he gets takes this aboga, he comes to me and he says, "They showed me that everything you're talking about is true." And I said, Jerry, I know everything I'm saying is true. Right, right, right. You're like, I know that. He yeah. says, oh my God. So he had some other physical issues. I helped him through it, got healed. And he had this vision that he wanted to, to start a life advancement center that had plant medicine and all these other modalities, meditation, right. yoga. So a person can go there for a week and actually make a meaningful change. So my program is licensed there. Right, so I was gonna say, so basically why, why I brought him up, why I brought Rizmi up right like now, was because as a spiritual therapist, then you started your own um, program, yeah. a community, mm -hmm. and then you were like you were you were you were kind of teaching other people to be licensed spiritual therapists yes. under you. Yes. Right. Okay. And then the reason why I brought so they so there are people. How many how many therapists do you have under you now? Who and are working? Godly, we have a, roughly two hundred. So what's the what's the prerequisite? Can anyone? Be it, or do they have you, to feel like sensitive well, also? Well, you to... basically start off with the basic classes. Okay. Anybody can take those. The, the entire congregation takes those classes. They're just basic classes on self-enhancement, how to meditation, affirmative prayer, life visioning, uh, finances, relationships. There's a way to apply the principles to every area of your life. 
Then if you feel that this is your calling, okay. once you've taken the prerequisites, then you enter into the practitioner training. That's a two-year program. A two-year program. Yeah. Okay, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like digress here. Yeah. So here we are. So now you're a spiritual therapist. How did, so at what point then did the secret happen? What point did you become with Oprah? Like, was Oprah was, before the secret or the secret before Oprah? I came on Oprah because of the secret. Because of the secret. Yeah. And then you became kind of a... a, a I was pretty a, known within the metaphysical community. Right. And people who were already aware of this kind of thing. But then the uh, secret and then Oprah allowed me to become... A, allowed more people to become aware of me around the world. So, okay. So, between, so how long were you a spiritual teacher and before you got the seven secret? Seven years. Oh, so oh, seven oh before years. the secret. Oh, it was much longer than that. Um... Agape was probably, we had moved over here, probably in its 10th year. So, so I was teaching about 10 years. Oh, so 10 years. So you were, like, you, were, you were becoming very well known in yes. that space. Okay. Right. So how do you help people? I'm, quite, I'm curious. What, how do you um, help people find their true intention in life? Mm-hmm. What's, what do you do? Because obviously you're doing the opposite, like you said, a normal therapist do. You're finding what's good in someone, pulling yeah. it. The, the traditional therapy, depending on what lens they're looking at, you mm-hmm. know, your Freudian, Rogerian, whatever it is, they, their attention is on the, um, the pathology and finding the event in someone's life mm-hmm. in which some trauma happened. Right. You know, become aware of that. There's nothing wrong with that because when you become self-aware of that, you can also transcend it. What we do is... We bring the person to what is essential and real about them, which is their spiritual nature. All problems are mental and emotional, but all true healing is all spiritual. That means you're, ultimately you're coming back to your real nature before the trauma. So through meditation, through affirmative prayer, through certain technology exercises. What's affirmative prayer? Is that like gratitude or positive uh, like speak positive talk to yourself? It's or? not this positive talk. It's really you develop a certain connection with the presence. Mm-hmm. And then you are seeking to have a what is called a realization that what you're saying is true. So it's not just word. Words can't heal anything. Right. It's actually a connection that heals. So affirmative prayer is the opposite of begging on God out there. It's like, God, please help me. Right. I mean, that helps sometimes. You get an accidental alignment and you'll, you'll get some help. But affirmative prayer is actually, it's based on the awareness that we're connected. We're not separate from the presence. Mm-hmm. And we, we start to work to have a, an inner a realization that everything we would want in our life, we already have it, a feeling of that. And then we're guided to be and to do what's necessary to bring that about. You know, so it's a radical change. Now in the process of that, you may remember your traumas. You may remember the bad things that happened to you, Mm -hmm. but they're in a bigger field of your awareness. It's not who you are. Like when things happen to people, they actually identify as that thing. I'm a survivor of this. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. Right. But that's not who they are. That's an experience that they had. Right. You know, so we reframe it. So they realize it was an experience. There's a lesson in that experience. You know, there's something you can learn from that experience, but that's not who you are. Right. You see. How do you do that, though? I mean, do people who come in, do they have to have a certain belief system already so it actually penetrates and works? It it does help. It helps, but it it doesn't. You know, I I don't see as many people now because I have all these people I've trained. Of course, right. But normally, a person would come in, I could listen. Mm -hmm. I could see what world they're living in, what their beliefs are. And then I could begin to um, take that world apart, you know, and, and show them that that world they're living in, these are the thoughts that are coming from that world, and that thoughts are creating your perception and experience, and then I'll slowly bring them into a higher order of their being. You know, I've seen healings, I mean, so many over the years. Uh, the best thing that happens for me when I see people, when I first meet them, mm-hmm. and they're like down and out or whatever, see them a couple of years later, and they're like, on their path, confident, self-loving. It just really opens, really makes me feel good. I can just see the transformation. Right, you see the transfer. Yeah. What kind of work though? Like, I mean, like anything. The one thing I had, uh, if, I, if, I, if I be honest with you, the secret to me was very like airy-fairy. Like the whole, like the idea is like, if you believe it and you say it, da, da, yeah. da, it will come. Like, I'm a much more practical person, yeah. right? And a skeptical person, but yeah, that's yeah. besides the point. I was too. Yeah, you're right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm all about like, you do this to get that. Like, it's about 
you know, hustling to get what you, you know, not, right, you right, know, right. excuse me, yeah. but like you have I'm to like- I'm not against hustle. Right, exactly, I'm not exactly, I'm, you're not at all. I mean, you're, the drug, you're a drug lord for crying out loud. You hustled all your life. I mean, you hustled for many, many years before you became this spiritual uh, guru. But um, like the whole idea for me is like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And a lot of people I know couldn't wrap their head around it because it's very like, like I said, airy fairy. You know what it did? The secret just opened up for people to see a greater possibility that's yeah that 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 they're not controlled by their circumstances and a victim right to situations and it allowed people to then find other pathways in the metaphysical genre to right. find what worked for them and give people hope i think too hope is hope is better than uh you know uh, a lack of it well, I think hope also is a great way for people when they feel when people have no hope, they have nothing, right? Nothing. That's when people no really vision, fail. Nothing. nothing. So you've got to give them that feeling of hope. But I think that what that for me, what I saw that was more what it did it, it because it was obviously one of the most pop, one of the most popular. It was the g biggest seller metaphysical movie in history, and, and it still it is. It still is of all time, and it still sells. Yeah, of all time. I go to different countries now, and people have just seen it. Oh, I, I don't know one person <laughs> who doesn't know what the, the secret. I'm surprised they just saw it. The secret has been. I mean, I don't and know one now person. Now another generation is starting to watch it. Their parents are giving it to their teens. Well, because you know what? Exactly, they are. Because yeah. also, it like you know, cut to today's time. There are people who are still using the same modalities or the same information that they're just repackaging yeah. it from the secret, right? Yeah. Because I feel like in today's time, every because of social media, it's like this, you know, this kind of, it's like uh, this back backhanded thing, right? Because we're so connected on social media that we're so disconnected in real life. Yeah. So people are like really, really like desperately looking for connection and community and yes. And spiritual, and something, to something, yeah, it's very and grounding, mm -hmm. and that's why I feel like it's funny that like it's become your your area, your industry, so to speak, has really kind of become it's a, a billion dollar industry. A, the books, the movies, I mean, the seminars, everything. Yeah, like what do you, what do you think of all these people, like a Jay Shetty or I, who are name like name some other ones that are really big right now? Who are people are looking to them for hope? Uh, and connectedness. I, I, and I believe that everyone finds their teacher. Sometimes it's an entry-level teacher. Right. And sometimes they'll find something that gets them on the path, gives them basic exercises to practice. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't put them down. But I can tell you, if I go hear them, I can tell you in a few moments whether they know about it or whether they know it. Right, right, I right, can right. I can tell the inflection of the voice. I can tell... You know, oh, yeah, that's good information, but they don't really have an experience. Well, there's a difference between being a really good motivational speaker yeah. and being a spiritual yes. teacher, right? There's a, there's, it's a fine line, right? I think a lot of these people are great motivational speakers or inspirational. But what is the difference? Like, in your well, head, what's the difference? There's a, there's a big difference. And I have, when I teach four stages of spiritual growth development and unfoldment in my, my life visioning book, and the first stage is the stage of the victim, where you just feel that something outside of you is determining your destiny. Your okay. parents, God, devil, whatever. Then stage two is the stage, stage two is where motivation is. And stage two is where you learn how to visualize. You learn how to see what you want, like the secret. Mm -hmm. See what you want, name it, feel it, and bring it into manifestation. That's where motivation is. Mm -hmm. Stage three is, uh, stage one would be two, something's happening to us. Mm -hmm. Stage two is I'm doing something. Right. Stage three is something is happening through me. That's a deeper level of surrender. Mm -hmm. And it, it, motiv motivation is external. Mm -hmm. Stage three is inspiration. Inspiration is coming from within you. Mm -hmm. You become inspired by a vision of possibility that pulls you to take the right steps. There's action that has to be taken, right. but it's from the inspiration, it's from a vision that you begin to articulate. You don't need somebody to motivate you. Right. You're inspired by something. Right. And then stage four is as us. You actually feel that your life is the same life, whatever name you want to call it, mm -hmm. the life of God, the life of the presence, the life of love intelligence. That's your life. And so people, I, I, I take people through those stages. Right. And there's, there's a teacher for every stage. There are teachers that really can motivate you mm -hmm. until you're ready to be self-inspired. 
Well, that's the thing. A lot of times, you know, I like a lot of these, like Tony Robbins is so motivational. I'm like, yeah, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you go home and I'm like, rah, rah. like, then what? You know what I mean? Like he, some people are just so great on stage that you like their energy is so infectious yeah. that you then you go home and you're kind of like, okay, well, this is my life now, right? Like, so you mean, so you have like, so in the spiritual, what you do is you kind of break things down and have... You, you say that motivation is basically just one piece of it. It's the external it's piece. piece. But you help teach people how to find inspiration within themselves. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm, I teach meditation. Right. And that's why I teach life visioning. So what they, kind of meditation do you teach? Uh, it's a combination of um, uh, Vipassana, but it's my own style. I'm asking as if I have any idea what this is. Okay, so what's the like <laughs> your own style? So, so basically I have people... Um, become uh, conscious of their intention, to establish an intention, to place their uh, attention on their intention until it becomes a feeling, and then to watch the breath, and then anything that comes up, uh, like if your mind goes out into fantasy and you're wandering around, there's nothing right. wrong with that. When you become conscious, you bring the attention back to your intention and breath again. You do it over and over again. Or if you have an emotional trauma that begins to come up, eventually you'll be able to hold your attention so that as the trauma is coming up, it doesn't suck you down its path. You're able to look at it. Now, in science, there's something called the observer effect. Mm -hmm. That whatever you observe changes on a subatomic level simply because you're looking at it. So when you have intention mm -hmm. and you see the stuff coming up and you look at it, it starts to disintegrate. It's, it starts to dissolve. Mm -hmm. Because the root of it is a lie. The root of all trauma is that you're not enough that you've been irrevocably hurt, that you can never get over it, you're separate from God, those are all lies. Mm -hmm. So when you look at something with intention for long enough, it will start to unravel. And particularly if you're sitting with somebody, like a practitioner, who's holding that field for you, you'll grow a lot faster. So I teach meditation, I teach life visioning, and, and the thing for me is I have a community, which right. means- You have any members at Agape now? I don't know. There's. 25,000 on Facebook every Sunday. There's more on website. You it, live stream it, right? We live stream it, right. so it's all over the world. Right. But in terms of local membership, there's, you know, I guess on a given Sunday, you'd have about two or 3,000 people there. That's a lot. Every Sunday, yeah. I think it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it's not like, it, you don't have to be, like you said, religious. You can be... Listen, it, we have atheists there. They, 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 they identify yeah. as atheists. They, we have... Um, uh, people from all walks of life, you know, you have uh, brothers from Islam, brothers and sisters from the Jew Jewish community, you know, uh, Christians, uh, everybody's there, Buddhists, people who don't identify with anything, you know, because when I'm teaching are certain principles that apply to everybody. Just like gravity is not a Christian law. Right, right, right. You know, it's just gravity. So what are some <laughs> of the principles that you teach that are much more general for people who are like me? You know, not people who are like super spiritual already, yeah. but are, are interested and always like personal growth. Yeah. You say you do life and vision. You do life. I do life visioning. But what does that mean? So tell us what that, that means. That means that there's something within you. Mm -hmm. it, 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 wants to, um, it wants to emerge in you. Just mm -hmm. like... Within a seed of an avocado, there's an avocado tree within there. Mm -hmm. So within each of us, there's something unique that wants to express. So in stage two, visual visualization, I will see what I want, I'll imagine it, I'll feel it, and bring it into manifestation. Visioning is the next stage. Visioning says, I may not even know what it is, but I'm gonna open myself up and catch it, mm -hmm. what's trying to emerge in my life. So it's beyond my imagination, you see. Mm -hmm. So something uh, be, we learn, I teach people to catch the vision and then learn to articulate it and then do the steps necessary to become uh, vibrationally matched with that. Mm -hmm. So you're actually giving birth to yourself. You're right. midwifing something within you that you may not even know what it is. Some people do know what it is. Well, what's this thing I saw when I was looking, when I was like doing a little bit of research on you? Um, you talk about a new way to manifest true, and what's, what's true manifestation? Okay, true manifestation is when you actually change. Um, oh, okay. The, the manifestation that we talk about in The Secret is you kind of can get what you want with your mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can see it and make it happen. Right, right, right. You know, but you may not change, so people become addicted 
to materialism, they become addicted to manifestation. But real manifestation is when my character changes. I actually become a greater version of myself. Right, right. And I still manifest good. Right. But year after year after year, I'm becoming more authentic. I'm becoming more real. Um, my soul is, is becoming more uh, available to express. More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. Did you know 24 million Americans, that's more than the population of Florida, want to work for themselves by the year 2021? But sadly, 35% of them cite inconsistent income as one of the biggest things holding them back. If money's a big deterrent, would getting paid twice as fast help you make that leap? Have you heard of FreshBooks? It's a cloud accounting software that basically does your invoicing for you. And on top of that, gets you paid twice as fast. And yes, it's really easy to use because it's made for entrepreneurs just like you. FreshBooks lets you create and send invoices automatically, accept credit cards, and ACH payments right on invoices. It automates payments for reoccurring invoices, and it automates invoice payment reminders. So overall, FreshBooks helps you face big challenges like getting paid so you can focus on actually growing your business. And right now, I'm giving my listeners a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now. No credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash habits and enter habits and hustle in the how did you hear about us section and you can start your free trial today. And now to our next sponsor. So have you guys tried the game Best Fiends yet? Because if you haven't, it's a definite must, you guys. It is so fun while still keeping your brain active and engaged. And guess what? You don't even need Wi-Fi or the internet to play the game. And I love it because when I would normally just be scrolling aimlessly through social media, I now have something that is a little bit more fun and engaging than just that. But also what I love about it is that if you're competitive, like I am, you can compete against your friends and your family. And like, I've been competing against my husband for probably like six months, seven months. And even though I haven't beat him yet, it's okay because I'm constantly ever-changing and getting my strategy just a little bit better while still collecting these cute little characters along the way. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips. And like I said, you can even play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Trust me, you'll love it. I saw that also, you said it, I like this, you said that, um, well, every, not, not everybody can do everything, but everybody can do something, something yes. right? Yes. And we're all, we're all, we're basically all the same, but what separates us is our habits. habits. Yes. Yes. So what is that? What do you, so talk about that a little yeah. bit. Well, many people are living an unintentional life. Mm -hmm. They wake up and they go out into the world and they react to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But they have no intention, mm -hmm. you know. So I help people establish an intention and then habits where they can embrace that intention. So, you know, how you wake up in the morning is very important. You wake up with a sense of gratitude, even if things aren't looking well. You know, there's some powerful questions like, um, how can it get better than this? Mm -hmm. Now, the universe will answer any question you ask. So if you ask, how can it get better than this? You'll start to get information. If things are going good, you still ask the same question because you're just barely tapping, uh, touching the surface of what wants to come through. So habits, in my habit, I wake up, I put my feet on the ground and I, and I am very grateful for my life. And then I surrender to life. And then I say, what's my assignment for today? I open myself up to be guided as to what I'm to do today. Then, I'll go to the and gym. someone's actually, you actually get something like from, the, like, do you I, hear I, something? I may or? get it in that moment or in the course of the day, guidance will come. Guidance will come, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll make something to drink. I go to the gym. What do you I drink? Work out. What do you make to I, drink? <laughs> I make two things. I, I want to know the details, Michael. <laughs> I make two things. I have a maca chino and a cacao drink that I put together. I heat it up. 
Whoa, wait, 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 hold on. A mochaccino? Like a, like a Starbucks mochaccino? No, 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 no. Like it's, matcha, you mean? It's maca, yeah. Maca yeah, or yeah. matcha? Yeah, you call it matcha, I call it maca. Okay. I call it <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> tomato. exactly. Yeah. But it's that in cacao okay. with some cinnamon for the brain and uh, either oat milk or almond milk, heat it up. I go to the gym with that. I'm drinking that with some herbs and stuff like so that. So did you work out every day? Yes. Okay, that's probably your morning routine, right? Yeah. Okay, where when do you- I come back. Where do you work out? Not like a- Gold's gym. A Gold's gym, which one? Cole, when I'm cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do, cardio, weights, both? I have a trainer, so I do something different every day. Oh, so you have a trainer every day? Yeah. Go, good for you, look yeah, at yeah. you. <laughs> All right, okay, so Monday through Friday you work out or? Uh, Tuesday through Friday. All right, why not Monday? Uh, Monday I take a yoga class. Oh, okay. Right, and then nice. Tuesday I may take another yoga class, Thursday I may take a yoga class. Okay, well. so you wake up, you, you give gratitude, and then you ask, you say... I surrender to life. Surrender to life. Ask for my assignment. I do my workout, I come back, I make my shake. Okay, so that you first have that maca chocolate. Yeah, that's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is my shake. Okay, what's in your shake? Uh, pure Synergy green drink, avocado, blueberries, uh, almond or, or oat milk. I'll throw in other stuff depending on how I'm feeling that particular day, mm. you know? And then I go up to my room and I'll meditate. So before I leave the home, mm -hmm. I actually have a meditation time. How long do you meditate for? Uh, minimum, the minimum time is 22 minutes, but I'll go longer if Why I have Why 22, not 21, 23? I like the number 22, it's kind of a cosmic number. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is it a, okay, really? Is yeah. it just like, is it kind of like your thing, 22? No, no, it's not my thing. It's just a cosmic number yeah, in general, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so then what do you do? Uh, then I go to the office. You okay. know, once I finish my meditation. What time uh, is this around? Like, what time do you wake up? I wake up, like today I woke up at 4.30. I didn't want to wake up that early, but I did wake up oh, at 4.30. Oh, that's very early. I know, but generally speaking, I'm at the gym at 7, so I'll wake up at about 5.30. Okay, and then what, I saw you also say that you magnets. What's magnet? What do you oh, mean magnets? Did I say all that? Yeah, you, still, you didn't say any of that. What you just said. You said here, well, you said in something, contemplation, devotion. I guess that's kind of surrendering. I have, I have a set of magnets that are really big and very powerful. And I stand, uh, that's another part of my meditation. I stand on the magnets and I do this, this Qigong movement. Why didn't you tell us this? Why I had to pull it out of you? Like, you know, we could go on for days about well, my practices. Well, this is what I want. That's what, it's called habits and okay. hustle for a reason. So listen, the earth is becoming demagnetized okay. over the years. All right. And in the magnetic field, cancer cells can exist, you know, if you have enough magnetic field. So, and, and, and it also creates energy moving through the meridians of your body. So you stand on magnets? Yeah, I stand on magnets. Where did you get these magnets from? Uh, I, I bought it from this guy. I've been trying to find him because everybody keeps asking me about the magnets. I can't, but, you're, gonna, you're gonna breeze right over this part. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Tennessee. Uh -huh. He lives in the mountains. He had a big spiritual awakening. The coyotes don't bite him. The bears don't bite, bother him. Uh, this guy wow. is really phenomenal. He, he breaks a different weightlifting record every year. He's in his 80s. And um, he's in his 80s. He's in his 80s. Wow. Anyway, I, I got these magnets from him, and I stand. I do qigong on it. The, the, it's just the, tai chi, yeah. Yeah, well, qigong is different from tai chi, oh, but it it's is? very similar. And I'll do the exercise. It's the immortality uh, exercise to add longevity to your life. And then I sit down and meditate. How long do you do the? I do. Magnet? I do eight breaths, the nine breaths, and then I'll do that for about about eight minutes before I sit and do the 22. So how long have you been doing this part, the magnets for? It's been years. And have you seen a difference or do you feel any different from when you didn't when do When I them? first started, it was dramatically different, but now I'm used to it. You're used to it. Yeah. So where, so how do we find this guy? I will find it and get it to you. Really, you promise? I promise, because I got people in the congregation asking me the same thing. Because that's, I mean, I've, I've and heard like, a lot of things. And they're like, the size of but, your foot. Right, so you're, you, your foot, you're standing on you're it. You're standing on it, and there's this um, foam around it so you don't hurt your feet. And you can put food and supplements on it as well. I have some where I have my supplements on the magnets as well. Why? Even, What's the uh, point? It, it keeps them fresher, more potent. The magnetic field does. So you keep them there like just all the time? Yeah. Or, or just when you're doing your practice? No, no, the food and no, the supplements are just there. Wait, we're going to get to the supplements in one second. So <laughs> let me just get this straight. You stand on these magnets. And <laughs> now everybody's going to think I'm crazy again. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, let's I'm, say we'll be the first time I'm for kidding. you, right? No, no. But like, do you, is the idea that it magnets, uh, 
take out the negative energy. Like it's basically pulling negative or it, detoxing, it, or what's it, the purpose? It creates of an energy that moves to the meridians of your body, right? Clears up the toxicity, slows down the aging process. This is uh, I've never heard anyone do that before. Yeah, well, there, is there that people... why you look like you're 25 and you're probably like 106 by this point? <laughs> like, first of all, like yeah, like you look like you're so young. By the way, you don't have an age since I remember you from Oprah when that was what like like again like 25 years ago. Oprah said the same thing to me the last time she saw me. It's unbelievable. She said, Michael, you cut off your hair, but you look so young. You do. I said thank you. I mean, she knows what she's talking about. That lady, I would listen to her. Yeah. Maybe it's the magnets. Well, I think it's everything. It's like. The, I know, so it gets everything it's, together. It's cumulative, plus stress is the killer. Uh, yeah. So how I handle with stress is anything that I can't control, if I can't do anything about it, then I, I surrender it to the presence. I say, okay, I can't do anything about this. I'm just gonna let the presence handle this. And I'll, do, uh, I'll live more in a prayerful space about it. So I'm not stressing about what's gonna happen, how am I gonna do this, what's gonna, huh? Right, right, right. You know, that, that takes people out. It's hard though, right? Because I feel yeah, like life hard. happens, right? Life happens. That's why you have to have a practice. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely. The habits, you have to have them. Uh, yeah. You have to do it whether you feel good and you have to do it when you don't feel good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, hence the name of the show. Yeah. So then, do you do breath work then also? Yes. yes. How do you, this, this, like, this, by the time your whole morning routine's over, it's like five <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, it's dinner time. No, but it's all at the same time. When I'm sitting in meditation, I do two kinds of breaths. I do uh, an eight, four, eight, four count. So I breathe in, you know, eight, hold four, out eight, hold four. I do that for a while. And then I'll do the uh, breath of fire, which is the rapid breath. Mm -hmm. Like that, it clears up the psychic energy. I do that before I speak. When I'm sitting, really? Yeah, I do that before I speak. Before a lot I speak, of people have heard do that I, I do the breath work and then I get up to speak. Yeah, so I do breath work. You know what it is? These things are so close to me, I don't think about it right. anymore. You're pulling it out. But right. it's just like boilerplate. I get up, I do the things. I'm not even, it's not even part of thinking right. anymore. It's just, this is what I do. Right. I agree. And listen, I'm, I'm a big person with morning routines. I think they're super important because it also puts you on track and puts you on point for the rest of your day. Right. Right, and so, but you wake up, do you, what do you know, you just said 4.30 today. But that was, yeah, generally I wake up at 5.15, 5.30, yeah. So. Except uh, on Sundays I wake up at 4. At 4? Yeah. So you do a bit, so your big thing is on Sundays, right? Yes. So um, every Sunday, how long is your sermon? Do we call it a sermon or? Oh, we call it a, uh, yeah, talk, sermon, presentation. What time do you do that at? Like, uh, and how we, long? I have it? a 6.45 a.m. It's called the Way of Meditation Service. It's just for meditation. I'm not giving a, I'm giving like a, a 10 minute talk on meditation. And everyone's meditating together? Yeah, then, I, then we practice together. That's the smaller service. Only the real adepts come out to that service. Wow. Because okay. it's meditation. Right. Then the next service is a meditation service at 8.30. And then the service begins at nine. And then that's when I have the music. That's when I speak. And I maybe speak for about 35, 40 minutes maybe somewhere in there. Mm, okay, yeah. and so. Um, and then the next one's at, a, meditation's at 11, oh, and the surface at 11.30, so we have three. Wow, so you do three in a day, yeah. and they're all, they're, you can stream all of them. Yes. So, okay, so let's get to Oprah. I'm curious about Oprah, because, you know, <laughs> I like her. I like her too. Uh, like, most, like most people. Um, how did, so you, the whole secret thing happened, and then Oprah finds you from the secret, and you go onto her show, and how did you become, what's your relationship with her? Are you part of her spirit? Because does, she, you, 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 does she use you as a spiritual She has used guide? me in the past. Yes, she's, um, okay, we went Oprah with the whole group. Right. And then she didn't invite everybody else back. She just invited me and this other individual back okay. uh, to come on a few times. And then she had me do a Super Soul Sunday. And then there's something she, we did at Royce Hall where she had me speak to the audience there. And then she, I did, um, it was something called, um, we went down to the uh, Chopra, uh, uh, Gotham Chopra, Deepak Chopra's son produced this show in which I would sit at a table and people would come up with their issues. And they taped me dealing with them right on the spot. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I forgot what it was called, but that's online. Is there any issue, like, so, because a spiritual t a therapist, would that ha I would imagine, even even though you bring out the good in, in people, not the bad, uh, it starts with people giving you their issues, right? Yeah, like, this is my problem. Yeah. 
And and you don't do that anymore. You said though. I don't do it as much. Okay, but you still do I'm it. busy with agape. Right. But I still do it. I, I'll I'll meet with people who I know is going to make a big impact to other right. people. Like for instance, Michael Jackson used to fly me up to to counsel with him. You were Michael Jackson spiritual. I was guy? one of them. I wasn't the only one. I mean, Deepak worked with him. Other people, but he'd fly me up, and uh, you know we would work. So what? How? Okay, this is. You know, and that's just one person. I'm just mentioning him because he's gone. Uh, okay, name me two other people. <laughs> well, they're living. I don't want to. Listen, I don't mind that they're living. I mean, no, 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 they might mind. <laughs> okay, so let's go, let's go with Michael Jackson, but that's fine. So what would happen? So how, how was it? Did you like him? Yeah, I did. He, he was a brilliant guy. Did you do find, was he as strange as people? He wasn't strange with me. We sit, the only thing strange about him was we'd sit, we'd be working on something, then he would jump up and start dancing. And then he would sit back down and he would say, oh, a dance move moved into my mind. I had to lock it in before I forgot it, excuse me. You know? Really? So yeah. like, a, like a new dance move? Yeah, like, like, a new, like a movement, you know? So at what point were you like, were you like spiritually guiding him? Was it, um, what, the thriller days? Was it, uh, I would it imagine- was, It was a probably a year before he died. A year before he died? Yeah. So it was after all the child yeah. stuff? Yeah. Did he ever talk to you about any of that no, stuff? No, we, we didn't get to that. He was um, he was very concerned about the people around him. He, was, he didn't feel safe. There was a lot of other issues. And then he was just about to come to Agape. We were making arrangements uh, so he could come in and not be bothered. And then uh, he, would, he would call me and leave messages on my phone at 2 o'clock in the morning and, you know, wanting prayer and this type of thing. Um, because he was worried about his own, like, do you think, like people or his people around him or people that were going to, are out for him because of what happened with all the children? No, I don't think that. I think they were just people around him that used, were using him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has all, I feel like that's all he had were people who used yeah, him. Was... And so, so that, so he was going to come, why, why wouldn't he just live stream it from his house? You know, I don't know. He, he probably did. I found out later, um, one of his um, producers told me, I didn't know this at the time, right. that he would play my stuff for his staff in his studio, sometimes before recording. Some stuff from The Secret, stuff from my own stuff. And I said, really? I didn't even know that until this guy at the Flattering. memorial service, he came up and told me, you know, Michael played your stuff all the time. And I said, wow. That is amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So someone like a Deepak, you brought him up, Deepak Chopra. How, how are you guys, are you guys in the same, in the same lane a little bit? Like, probably, you guys do the same? Probably, he's more influenced by the Indian um, teachings. But he's definitely at this stage of his development more teaching about the unified field, the mysticism, the connection to the ineffable. Mm -hmm. So we'd be in the same lane. Yeah. Can you give some advice to someone or people who I was saying earlier uh, when we we're earlier when we we're t in this podcast, who find it hard to like to grasp this stuff? Like, what's a couple of pointers? How do people get started mm -hmm. to really mm -hmm. be on a spiritual path? Well, the first thing you want to do is um, find something that's going to challenge you intellectually. Read something that's going to change the neurons in your brain. You know, study, study the stuff. And, and, and you'll begin to see that it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, community is very important mm -hmm. if it's authentic. Because community, um, you see the testimonies and the people there that have come from a far distance. And when they share how far they have come, then you begin to think, oh, I can do this too. That's just a regular person who was suffering from anxiety or whatever they were suffering from. And now they're, they're, they're walking in confidence. So community is very important, which is why we live stream. Uh, studying is very important. But if you just develop one habit, you know, just, just wake up, do what I just said earlier, and then get still and just ask an empowering question, such as, who am I? Or um, what's the next step in my development? Or what's trying to emerge in my life? With sincerity, eventually you'll start to feel a level of guidance. Mm. And everybody receives it differently. Some people it's a felt sense, some people it's an image, some people it's a vision, some people it's intuition. But if you do it sincerely, something will change. Because most people are asking disempowering questions. Mm. What's wrong? Who's to blame? Why me? Why did this happen? Those questions are futile. Those are futile questions. 
we have to ask the, uh, an empowering question and then we start to get answers from that level. Then we start to get inspired. Right, and like I think you said, like practice it. It, it may not happen day one. No, no. As long, but if you keep at it. Yeah, you, you, they, 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 people have cut grooves mm -hmm. in fear and worry and doubt. There's grooves and they, and people are addicted to fear and doubt and worry because of the toxic chemicals that are produced. Mm. So these, they like the drama. They, their, their mantra is, I have drama, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. It makes you feel alive, It right? makes you feel, oh, excitement, right. drama, oh, guess what happened? Yeah. You know, but, but that takes you down. Real bliss and ecstasy is natural. It brings you up, expands your awareness. You live longer, you know. I, I like that. Um, so when I was at, with Mia, one of your spiritual... I guess therapist, Kim, was that her? Kim Terranova. Yeah. Kim Terranova. So she did this thing called um, something around you. What is it called? Um, what's that, what's the program called? This thing called you? That's what it's Not called. this thing called, I thought something. Spiritual liberation? No, something around you, you are, you, you are enough or are you? Uh, yeah, the answer is you. The answer is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer is you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's my program that they license. That's the program, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the program that they license. Yeah. Right, right. What, Kate, explain what is the premise of the answer is you? The answer is you takes you through a teaching and it has, it takes you through a teaching and practices in the different structures of your life. Mm -hmm. Your relationships, your finances, your livelihood, your body temple, how you, the part you play in the community, um, the ego. So it breaks all those things down and it shows you the spiritual principles mm. that you can begin to use and practice to bring those particular areas of your life into balance. So they're not a liability, they become an asset. So that's what she was doing that mm, week. Right. You know, slowly and then giving enough practices so people can go home and practice at least one thing. Right. Yeah. So how do you like, so when you, like, I feel like you do a lot of these speaking things. You told me you're going to India on Monday for some festival that you're speaking Festi at. The International Yoga Festival. The inter okay, so are you, you said you're speaking. How long do you speak? For an hour? or? I, I don't know yet. They'll tell me, but I, I'm assuming it's about 40, 45 minutes. It's a long way to go for 45 minutes. Yeah, but it's yeah, a whole that, festival. It's a whole festival. I mean, I'll participate in the festival and I'll probably speak more than once. That's what I was going to ask. So what do you speak about on something like, when you speak to crowds of that magnitude or a festival, What's your main What's your main mission? Like, what do you what, what do you try? What's your main message? I, I will um, step into the field, and I won't. I don't. I don't write anything out, mm -hmm. but I'll get a sense of what needs to be spoken about. And of course, I'll deal with the fact that they're one with this inexhaustible life presence, mm -hmm. and then whatever nuance wants to come out in that moment about that. You know, I, I don't know what it is right now. Right. Like, do, do, do you, do, I guess, do you plan it or does it, do you stand up there and just... I prepare a it? meditation. Right. But before I go, probably today, since I'm leaving Monday, I'll figure out, I'll get a topic of some kind. Mm. And then the topic will give me... You know, it's Friday, by the way. I know. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> letting you know. This is how I do it. I got to speak on Sunday at Agape. I haven't given a topic yet for that's that. That's what I'm saying. You, that's, I feel like you're kind of like, you're not kind of winging it completely. No, it's but not like, winging. You kind of think about it for five minutes before. Yeah, I'm just kind of in it. And then... Yeah. And then it kind of just comes from within. Yeah. Do you still feel like, a, like someone's... You're getting, I mean, obviously, do you, do you get people, a voice telling you things? Like well, you said, is, when you at, surrender and... Historically... When I started my first five years of public speaking at Agape, it was more like I was channeling in from energy. Mm -hmm. And then as I matured, I became aware that what I was channeling was myself. It was a higher expression of myself. So it's actually me without uh, inhibition, without restriction. Just, it's the presence, but it's the presence as me. Wow, okay. And, and so it's not, I'm not channeling, I'm just like available do you feel energy from other people? Like I try not to. Because I mean, isn't that kind of part of it? Like you get like a like even someone. Are you talking when I'm speaking? No, like I mean, even someone like me who's not you, like I get I get gut feelings. I'm like yeah, I don't yeah, love the energy of that person. Sure, I don't sure, like that. That's sure. kind of throwing me off. Just sure. that person's vibration doesn't matter. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. just on a very like basic level. Sure. Yeah, we all have that ability. Are you Some more people? heightened than most people? Uh, let me just put it this way. Years ago, I stopped myself from feeling other people. I mm. think because it was, I was too, a little bit too sensitive. Right. And How so you stop though? I, I practice what I call radiation. I radiate the quality that I want. I, 
so therefore I don't have to feel other people's stuff. So if I'm going into a room, I may pick up what's going on in the room a little bit, but primarily I'm bringing an energy into the room. So uh, oh. I teach people how to, if you're gonna walk into a room, you, and you, whatever you want to feel, just bring it in with you. Rather than, pick, rather than trying to pick it up and see what's going on with people. Therefore, you pick up people's energy, their toxicity, but you'll still be guided. It's like you talk about mm -hmm. a gut feeling, you'll still have an awareness, oh, that's, that guy's a little off, or I really don't want to do business with that person. Or, you know, you'll still have that, but you're actually bringing the energy rather than receiving the energy. Uh, that's a good one, but how do you do it? Like, okay, so if I want to walk into a room and bring happiness right. or... So you close your eyes, Mm -hmm. You think of a moment in which you were authentically happy. You, you feel into that, take mm -hmm. a breath, and maybe you sustain the breath. So don't let it out yet. As you're feeling the happiness, take a little bit more air in, feel the happiness, and then release. Now your nervous system is now acclimating itself around that happiness. Normally, the nervous system, uh, like if you're fearful or jolted, you get some bad news, you contract, the nervous system holds that thought. So what we're doing is we're unraveling all that stuff that's in the nervous system by going to a higher level just by using memory. That actually worked for a second. Yeah. That, about this, about this whole hour so far, I think that's like one like nugget that it's so easy for anybody to really anybody do. Anybody can do it. And when you, when you sustain the breath for a long enough period of time, then the nervous system catches that thought and holds it. So now your body is in league with your mind. Right, so you, and then you walk in and yeah. then you have that feeling in right. you. Right, you walk in and you, you're, you're dominating the energy. How long, it, how long does it sustain itself though? How long? The more you practice, the more it sustains. So, I like that one. Yeah. Give me one more. Another practice? Oh, okay. Um, let me see this. Not to put you on the spot. No, but, no, no, it's fine, you know. it's fine. Um, begin to, um, Okay, we, there's, that, there's that one. Okay, you can begin to, when, when, you ha when the mind is spinning out, mm -hmm. and the mind generally spins out, it generally goes to a worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, you start off with something small, and by the end of the few moments, you're fired and you're homeless. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Right. Oh my God, everything's gone wrong. That's right. So I teach people how to create best case scenarios. That is when the mind starts to spin out, you stop and you begin to ask, what is the best thing that could happen? Just ask the question, what is the best thing that could happen out of this? And then you let the mind go crazy, uninhibited imagination. Oh, this could happen, I can meet this person, I, that would lead to this, and then this would work out. And then as you get way expanded there, you see how you feel, how are you feeling? And then you do the same thing. You, 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 you hold that feeling, and then you let that feeling determine the outcome. And it may even be better than your best case scenario that you have in your mind. But these are practices. Yeah, no, I totally understand yeah. that. But and you got to, and the, idea, the whole idea behind practices is you have to practice it over and practice over and over again. Practice makes permanent. Yes, practice yeah. makes permanent. Yeah. Got all these good nuggets at the end of the podcast. <laughs> practice makes, this is great. Yeah. I'm, gonna come to, I'm gonna come listen to you at Agape, first of all. Huh? I was gonna go last week with a friend of mine who went, by yeah. the way. What did she say about um, it? I didn't talk to you. Oh. She, she was following my uh, story when she knew I was with you or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, I'm gonna, she texts me, I'm gonna be going, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna go check it out. Do you wanna come? I'm like, I'm not gonna be there, blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna be in town. And I think she liked it though. Oh, good. I didn't, hear any, I would, I, I didn't hear any bad things. I wanna hear what she said. I absolutely Do you know she you. went to nine or 11.30? She went to nine. Okay, it's a very articulate yeah. service. Yeah. She went to nine. And um, I'm sure she liked it. I'll let you know though. Yeah. I'll only let you know though if you get me those magnets though. It's like I said, you know, no, 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 you're good. I'm, do, I'm gonna do it. I hope so. I'm gonna try to get him to sponsor me now. That I'm putting all this business oh, out there. 100%. He's making a lot of money. So, you should. oh, you didn't tell me what supplements you take on oh. the ma on the magnets. What, which ones are you having over there? Oh, okay, I take NAD. Okay, but you take Trinogen? No, you don't. <laughs> but I will because you're gonna give me some. I know, I will. You, you, I want you to try it. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, okay, I take uh, systemic enzymes every day. Oh, okay, in the morning and the evening. Those are, do you know what those? No, I don't, okay. what is it? Systemic, systemic enzyme are di not digestive. I was gonna say, I know digestive enzymes. Yeah. These are enzymes you take on an empty stomach. So it gets rid of scar tissue, eats up the fibrin in your body, releases pain, and amplifies your immune system. Uh, if, for instance, if you were in Germany and you mm -hmm. were in a car accident and you had swelling, they would give you an IV of systemic enzymes. 
which would immediately take away the swelling. In America, they give you ibuprofen. Right, so it's like anti-inflammatory, basically. Anti-inflammatory and anti-aging. Okay. So I take that every day, um, twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. I wake up and I, I, do, I drink warm water with lemon, pinch of salt, some um, minerals. I drink two glasses of that in the morning. I take salt because of your of your dehydration. Yeah, it serves as a binder with the lemon. Mm. You see, I do that every day. I take Pure Synergy, the green drink. Right. I take um, got a whole got a whole shelf of violet stuff. <laughs> Again, they're like boilerplate. I take a, um, a cordyceps when I work out. Mm. Uh, okay. And I take um, Super Peel One, Two, and Three from Dragon Herbs. One's for viral and bacteria, one's for anti-aging, and one's for circulation. So I take that every day. And um, you're going to be taking true niagen every day, yeah, too. I'm going to be. Yeah. Yes, I am. You're going to have to put, do you have a space on the magnet right now? I or do. You're going to like make work. It's an empty spot right <laughs> exactly. there. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you're amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I kept you for over an hour. I hope you well, don't mind. Yeah, 63 minutes and 36 seconds. And, and you've been doing a good job on this trip. You thought you needed a, a tissue or like a I thought cloth. we were going to sweat, yeah. Yeah, and look at you. You're just fearless going and going. You can go for the three hours on this thing. Um, okay, so how many calories did you burn in the last 60 hour, in 62 minutes? Press the white button. It says 2.63. Uh, no, no press the important. white button. Am I pressing the right button? Oh, over here, 184. Oh, good. See, a one, 184 calories, calories you would normally not have burned. See? Well, I appreciate it's that. It's like you basically need two, two, wait, one rock or two birds with one stone, basically, is what I was going to say. <laughs> two, my brain's obviously not working very well. I need more coffee or more enzymes or whatever. Um, well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, listen, you're always welcome. Tell people how they can find you besides Agape, of course. Well, there's agapelive.com. And then there's michaelbeckwith.com, B-E-C-K-W-I-T-H. Right, so if you want some like great more, more tidbits on how to... Right, Instagram, I have something I post every day on Instagram, it's oh. inspirational, uh, it gets... What's your Instagram, what's your handle? Michael BB, I think. You think? <laughs> well, they Just... put Michael Beckwith, I'll come up. Okay, well, there yeah. you go, there yeah. you go. Yeah. A total pleasure, thank you so much. Peace and blessings. Bye. <laughs> And hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.